walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, and someone called your name. You turned and saw a young man, he was smiling as he came. And he said, friend, you may not know me now. Then he said, but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week you'd say a prayer before the class would start. And one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am alive that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Then another man stood before you. He said, remember the time a missionary came to your church. His pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave. That's why I'm here today. to the Lord. 
chapter 10, Mark chapter 10. Boy, wasn't that wonderful? <clears throat> I am thankful today that the Lord knows better than me. He worked this out with that song and this sermon and it all goes together. And it just amazes me how he does that. And I am thankful, as the song said, that you gave. This week, we normally expect about 120 kids, and uh, the Lord said, y'all can handle more than that. And there may have been times we didn't think so, but we did through his help. And uh, there were some nights we had over 160 kids in this place uh, teaching the gospel. I know of three that got saved this week. And uh, folks, I want you to know it was all worth it. It was all worth it. And everything that you give for the Lord in the name of the Lord, He'll use it for His honor and glory. And a lot of times we want to see results right then. A lot of times we want to see it our way. But you serve, you give it to the Lord, and He'll take care of the rest. And I'll tell you what, God is blessed in a mighty, mighty way. A man stood there, I believe, with Brother Jimmy not long ago in the new sanctuary. And he said, when you get in here and that first soul comes down that aisle, this whole building is going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word in Mark chapter 10. I want to pick up in verse 42. James and John is arguing over who's going to be first and the greatest of the kingdom. And I want to go down to verse 42. And it says, But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that, they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. Now notice verse 45. This is our text. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. I ask your blessing upon it. I'm so glad, God, that you came to minister. I'm so glad that you came to serve. I'm so glad that you came to give. Lord, you gave all you had. Lord, when you left on this earth, you had nothing left to give. You had gave everything according to the will of the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for laying your life down for us. Thank you for ministering to us. And God, I'm so glad that you're not done today, but you're still doing your work. Lord, you're still ministering every single day. Lord, I pray that you give me grace this morning to preach your word the way you designed it. I pray, Lord, that, that this message would be used to change us, that it would be used to motivate us to become better servants for you. I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, the call of servanthood. The call of servanthood. I want you to notice verse 45. Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister 
and to give his life a ransom for many. I believe that there is a time in every believer's life, true believer's life, that they have to realize that this thing called Christianity and this thing called our relationship with Jesus is not all about what we can get from it. I think there's a time in our Christian life that we must understand that church and service of God and our relationship with Jesus is not always about what we can get from this. I think a lot of times when people are visiting churches, so many times I hear them say, well, preacher, man, it's so good to be here. Tell, you know, tell me what you have to offer. Tell me what you have to offer. And I think so many times in our Christian life, we go out and we look for churches and we look for places so that we can get something from it. But Jesus said, I didn't come to this world just to get something from it. I came to give something to it. And I'm so glad that when Jesus came, He did not have the mindset, what can I benefit from this, but how can others benefit from me? And may I tell you today, 2,000 years later, we're still benefiting from what Jesus Christ did here on this earth. What He did during His earthly ministry, simply because He went with the mindset, not what can I get from this, but what can I give to this? What can I give for this. And I want you to notice in verse 45, he said, even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Service is a giving. Service is giving your life. If you are going to serve God correctly, you must give it all. You must give it all to the point and place that you become a servant of Christ. Paul said several times when he introduced himself to the letters in the letters to the churches, he said, Paul called to be a servant. Paul called to be an apostle. Paul called to be a servant of Christ. Understand that if you're saved today, God has called you to serve Him. God has called you to serve Him. Salvation is not the end, but salvation is the beginning. Understand that you're cutting yourself short if you stop at salvation. There is a point in a place that you must understand that this thing called the Christian life is about serving God. When you got saved, you got saved because Jesus gave His life for you. And may I tell you, child of God, He wants your life back in return. And may I tell you, it's the least we could do he laid His life down for us. And the moment that we accepted that salvation, I believe that we need to lay our life down, take up that cross, and follow Jesus Christ every single day to be that servant that He's called us to be. The word servant means one bound to serve. It expresses the highest devotion of one who is bound by love. Why do we serve? Because we love Him. Why did He lay His life down for many? Why did He come to minister to the blind and the deaf and the sick and the hurting? Because He loved us. He didn't do it out of obligation. He didn't do it out of all those other things. He simply did it because He loved us. Why should we serve Jesus today? Because you love Him. Why should you serve others today? Because you love Him. 
We are commanded to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our might. And then we're also to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And in that, we serve them. We love them to the point and place that we serve Jesus Christ. And when we become a servant of Jesus Christ, it affects our family, it affects our friends, and it affects our community. Child of God, you must not only be saved, but you must be a servant. I want to ask you today, have you taken that step from salvation to servanthood? Have you taken that step of Christianity and maturity that you know what, preacher, it's not about what I can give or get from the church, but it's what I can give through the church. Somewhere we got to take that step to servanthood. Somewhere we have to realize, you know what, I need to be doing something. Look in Matthew chapter 6. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 6. I want you to notice, number one, the priority of service. The priority of service. If you're going to be a servant, it must take priority in your life. <clears throat> there must be the priority of service. Understand that we are all called to serve with sacrifice. We are all called to serve with sacrifice. And if you don't sacrifice, you're not going to serve. You must sacrifice so that you can serve. Notice Matthew 6 and verse 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. So Jesus is telling us you can't have it both ways. You cannot have one foot in the church, one foot serving God, and the other foot in the world. You're going to be sold out one or the other. And this is what he said. He said, if you don't sell out one to the other, he said, what's going to happen is you're going to hate one of them. If you serve God, you're going to hate mammon. He said, if you serve mammon, you're going to hate God. And you're going to put them back in your life. Understand what mammon means. Mammon means that in which one trusts. It means wealth. It means riches. Mammon can be anything secular that you put before God. Understand this call to servanthood. There must be a priority. And if you're going to serve God correctly, you must be willing to put mammon behind. You must be willing to put the worldly things behind you. You must be willing to sacrifice. So many times we're hung up and we know we need to do more for God. We know that God is calling us to greater things. But mammon is holding us back. Mammon has got a hold on us. And we just don't want to let go. I believe there's so many saved people that's hung up with mammon. And what happens is when you're serving mammon, you're going to hate God. You know why? Because God's going to get in the way of your mammon. God's going to prevent you from being successful at your mammon. And the worldly things that you're so tied up with, those godly things are going to get in your way. And that's when you're going to get to the point and place, I don't want church, I want to get as far away as I can, because it interrupts with what your uh, goal is and what your motive is. When you are running in the world, you don't want anything to mess that up. And when God has saved you, He's not going to leave you alone. And He's going to keep convicting you. 
And He's going to keep convicting you. And so what do we do? We get mad at the church. We get mad at God. We get mad at this one and this one and this one to the point and place that we're mad at the church, we're mad at God, we're mad at the preacher, we're mad at everybody. And the only reason we're mad is we didn't want to let go of mammon. We've been blaming the preacher and the deacons for years and the, the only fault that it is is ours because we're not willing to lay it down. Understand that the call of servanthood, it must take priority. You cannot be halfway here and halfway there. It's not going to work. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. You're either all the way over here or you're all the way over here. And if you've got one foot over here and one foot over here, you're going to make messes in both places. <laughs> okay? You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have it both ways. May I tell you today that Jesus Christ deserves our best? Amen. Say, preacher, I can't lay it down. I'm glad he did. Preacher, I just can't stop. Preacher, I know what i got to do. But man, I, I like this and I, I want to do this and I want to keep with my hobbies and my job and all of this. And we put all these things first. Folks, you got to lay it down. And you got to be willing to serve Jesus. Let me tell you something. Jesus laid it down. And the result of Him laying it down is you're saved today by the precious blood of Jesus. And may I tell you, when you lay it down you're going to see the effects of it. You're going to see great things in your life. You're going to see the blessings. Notice what he said in verse 19. He said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What's your treasure today? What do you treasure more than anything in your life? You say, well, I don't know. Well, think about it like this. What do you give most of your time to? What do you give most of your attention to? What in your life has your attention more than anything else? That's what you're serving right there. And that's where your treasure's at right there. And that's where your heart is, right there. And you get so wrapped up in those things, when you fall in love with things and you put things before God, your whole life is motivated by those things. But child of God, if you'll lay it down, and you say, Lord, I'm going to make you a priority. And I'm going to serve you first in all things. Let me tell you something, folks. He'll become your treasure. Four people, amen that. He'll become your treasure. He'll become your love. You say, I love Christ. Where's your works? I love Christ. Don't tell me you love Him. Don't tell Him you love Him. Show Him you love Him. Show Him by willing to lay that down and sacrifice for His honor and glory. He's worthy of it this morning. He's worthy of us to lay it down. And to sacrifice, won't you look with me in Psalm 100? If you're with me, say amen. amen. Man, isn't the Lord good? Hasn't the Lord been wonderful to us? Aren't you glad He made us a priority? Aren't you glad He had us in mind the entire time that He came to this earth? 
I believe from the very beginning, he did not serve with his own intentions. He didn't serve with his own mindset, but he served with us in mind. Child of God, we must serve with him in mind. We must serve with others in mind. Now I want you to notice the personality of our service. Psalm 100 verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. You say, how are we supposed to serve the Lord? With gladness. Gladness. The personality of our service is that we should be serving with gladness. Understand that when we serve, we must be motivated by gladness. We must be motivated by joy. Before we serve, we must have a joyful heart. During our service, we must do it joyfully. And at the end of it, we must have joy. Understand that the personality of our service should be wrapped up with joy and gladness. Not aggravation, not guilt, or not obligation. Understand you should not serve because you have to or it's expected of you. Or if I don't serve, I'm going to feel guilty and God's going to put me under conviction for it. Child of God, you should serve out of gladness and joy. You should serve out of the passion that you have with Jesus Christ. You shouldn't serve because you have to. You ought to serve because you want to. You ought to serve because Jesus died for you and you want to give back. Man, I thought about this song that she was singing and the people that, that did and served so that this young man could be saved. And I just couldn't help Miss V but to go back in my mind the people God put in my life. The people that, that God put in my life to serve, to lead me to Jesus Christ. And man, I was just sitting over there just amazed. And I'm thinking, man, the work that went into me being saved. Man, the work of me getting to this point in place right here that I'm a preacher. God put so many people in my life. And may I tell you, they changed my life. Because they did what God called them to do. But they did it with gladness. They did it with a smile on their face. They wanted to be there. They wanted to serve the Lord. May I tell you, sometimes our service is messed up because we don't want to serve. I come in here and I try to get y'all to smile and y'all still frown. <laughs> One preacher said, if you're happy, you need to notify your face about it. <laughs> My goodness. Get glad. Enjoy what you have in the Lord. I don't want to be this dead beat Christian that is miserable in their Christianity. That's not happy. Why does anybody want what I have when I don't like what I have? Child of God, we ought to be glad in Jesus. We ought to serve with gladness. And every single day, we ought to be glad in Him. And serve and motivated of service with gladness and joy and happiness. I can tell you what, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world when you want to serve. When you're willing to serve, I thought about some things that affect our gladness. I thought about the things that affect the personality of our service. What about this? What about when we don't want to be here? The devil's good at what he does. And he'll rob you of the joy of your salvation. He'll rob you of the joy of your service too. The devil is not going to make it easy. He's going to, parents, your kids are going to be worse on Sunday morning than any morning of the week. 
Anytime that it's time for you to do something for God, the devil's going to give you a hundred excuses why you can't do it. Every single time. Then you're going to feel bad. And then you're going to be tired. And then you're going to go serve. And then you're going to think about who else ought to be there with you. Well, where's old so-and-so? Man, we make ourselves miserable worrying about other people and why they ain't serving too. You know, man, these men have been so wonderful, hadn't they? Serving over here in this new building. But you know what? You can ruin your service when you're sitting there working and serving in BBS and Awana. You're thinking, well, am I the only one serving? Why ain't so-and-so serving? Well, what's wrong with so-and-so? What's wrong with... Don't let so-and-so rob you of your joy. And I have no idea why the devil lets us get to that place in service and we're all thinking about who should be there. For a long time, I allowed the devil to ruin my church service because I'd sit on that front pew and cry and whine about who's not here. It's easy. It's simple. And I'm so glad I stopped that mess. And I finally got to the mindset, I don't care who's here. As long as me and God's here, we're going to have a good time in the Lord. And when you serve, you serve with gladness. Don't let other people take away that gladness from you, whether they're there or not. Now, how many times that we think we're the only one that cares? We get the Elijah problem that Elijah had when he got under the juniper tree. Well, I'm the only one who cares. How many times that our service is ruined because the devil told us we're the only one who cares? He's a liar. He's a liar. You remember the Lord had to remind Elijah there was still a whole bunch that hadn't bowed their knee to Baal. Friend, I want you to know something. We're in the church that loves serving God. And sometimes the devil isolates us in our service to think we're the only one who cares, to think we're the only one that's doing something. But I look around Promised Land Church, I've never seen a church that serves as much as this church does right here. One day I went out there, there was 15 men out there working. Come through there, Brother Paul's in his office. I was doing my office stuff. Miss Denise was in the office. There was ladies over there getting ready for Bible school, doing this, doing this. And everywhere I look, I see people just serving. Everybody's got their place. And everybody's just serving. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? But you know what makes a difference? They're doing it with gladness. They're happy. They're joyful. May I tell you that joy is what changes your service. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, if you're not enjoying serving God, you're not going to do it very long. You must enjoy serving the Lord. Let me ask you something. Do you enjoy Jesus? Do you enjoy going to church? Do you enjoy reading your Bible? you enjoy praying? If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it very long. You must do it with gladness. You must do it with gladness. Now look in Ephesians chapter 3. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 3. I want you to notice the proximity of our service. Ephesians 3 and 21. We are called to serve with sacrifice. We are called to serve with joy. And we are called to serve with bounds. We're called to serve with bounds. Notice the proximity of our service. Notice verse 21. Unto Him 
be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. There's, there are two bounds that we have in the, in the service of God. And so many times people get saved and they get excited and they just run off and they start serving. Understand that there are two bounds that we must stay within in our service, okay? The first thing is the authority of the local church. Notice what he said in verse 21. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. We must serve in and through the authority of the local church. When the Apostle Paul, when he was saw he got saved, he immediately started preaching the gospel. But what did he do as soon as he could? He went back to Jerusalem. And he yoked up with the church of Jerusalem. And what did the church of Jerusalem do? They sent him out to be a missionary in all the parts of the earth. Now we're called to go out. We're called to go out and preach and teach and baptize. But let me tell you something. I am not a church. When I got saved, I didn't become a church. I became a church member. Okay? I have assembled myself with other believers. If you want to serve God, you're not to run out on your own and serve Him however the way you think you ought to. And so many people today, just the other day, me and Brother Paul's out witnessing. And I talked to this guy right here in Hamburg. And I invited him to church. He said, I don't do church. I don't believe in church. I said, well, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm saved. But you know, Jesus wasn't part of a church. I couldn't help but laugh. <clears throat> and I said, sir, Jesus started the church. Jesus instituted the church. He taught us what the church is all about. And He gave us the commission to go. Let me tell you something. If you think you can do it on your own, you're wrong. Never in the Bible do I see where God's people got isolated, led by the Holy Spirit of God, and got by themselves somewhere and thought they knew everything. And they went out and they taught by their own will and their own knowledge. Friend, they did it together. They did it together. And so many times, well, it's what I do for Jesus and what I can give, and I, and I, and I. Child of God, listen. You're going to need each other. You're going to need your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm so thankful when people get on fire for God. But let me tell you something. When I go out and I witness, I always tell them I'm from promised land. And I don't just go invite people to church. I invite folks to heaven. That's what we need to be doing, folks. Invite them to church, but man, invite them to heaven. That's what we got to be doing. Then they say, well, where, where are you from? Who are you? They want to know. Well, I come from promised land. Promised land. Out, out there in the promised land community? Yes, sir. Oh, man, that church has been there a long time. Man, I know some good folks in that church. Man, I know some good people in that church. You know some of them whales? I said, no, I don't know them. <laughs> but the door's open. Because they know where I'm from. I have accountability. I'm yoked up with other people and I'm not some idiot out there on his own trying to do this new thing. What we're doing is not new. It's been here 2,000 years. And folks, I'm not to create anything. I'm to get in where I fit in. 
Amen? And I have a place inside of the church of God to go out and to carry out the Great Commission. I'm not to go out there and lead somebody to the Lord, take them in their swimming pool and baptize them. That's not my job. My job is to yoke them up with other believers so that we can train them in the ways of the Lord. Friend, that's the bounds of our service. But notice the second thing. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. The first bound is we're to serve in and through the church. The second bound is we are to serve for the glory of Jesus Christ. Our service should not be about what we can get out of it. Our service should not be about what we can benefit from it. Our service should be, how can others see Jesus Christ through me? Everything we do as a servant of God should be about Jesus getting the recognition and not us. Singers understand this. Musicians understand this. Teachers understand this. This is not about you looking good. When you serve God, it's not about others looking at you, but it's about others looking at Jesus through you. And when you go out and you serve, don't go out and boast about what you've done. Don't go put it on Facebook and praise God, I served everybody today. Well, good for you. But how much glory is Jesus getting from it? Understand that we were put here, child of God, to glorify the Master. The very beginning, God created three angels. Y'all know Lucifer was created for the physical realm of God. He was created so that God could get glory in the physical or materialistic realm. What happened to Lucifer? He fell from grace. He fell from grace. So what did he do? He created Adam and Eve to give him glory in the physical realm. What happened? They fell from grace. They fell from grace. They fell in the Garden of Eden. So what did He do then? He raised up a nation in the nation of Israel to give Him honor and glory. You see, folks, God has always raised somebody up to give Him glory. So that people can see Him through His utensils and His tools. Understand today that Israel fell from grace. And Israel rejected the Messiah. So you know what He did? He created the church. Do you understand today, church, that we're put here for the sole purpose of giving Him honor and glory? And never should my service be outside of that purpose right there. That everything I'm doing, I'm doing for His honor and His glory. You know what happens when He calls the church home? You say, well, He ain't going to have anybody to be a witness here. Yeah, He is. He's going to have two witnesses. Every age, Christ has had a witness on this earth. In every age, God has placed somebody on this earth to give Him honor and glory. Understand, say people, this is our time. This is our time. This is your time. You have one life to live. Who are you living it for? You say, preacher, you just don't understand. Folks, you don't understand. I told somebody the other day, we're talking about soul winning. Man, I challenge them drug addicts and alcoholics every day. I get a bigger high from leading somebody to the Lord than cocaine can ever give me. Y'all hear that? I can get a bigger high from serving God and enjoy that more than any bottle can give me in this whole world. 
Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit of God. One controlling substance, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. And may I tell you, when you're doing that, you enjoy it. The other day, I, man, I was tired. I had a funeral to preach. I come in. I had to start to say, teach my old people, but that wouldn't be right there. <laughs> I enjoyed my class this week. We had the best time. They kept me honest, though. But I came in one night, and I was tired. My, I was brain dead. I couldn't get anything. I was emotionally drained spiritually drained and I made myself get up Josh let's go get up let's go and I was sitting there in the breezeway and I was talking to Johnny Huffsteller and Tim Collier and a little old boy come up preacher I need to talk to you we went in my office Miss Phyllis went in there with us and that 11 year old boy ain't hardly ever been to church in his life he got saved and he fell on his face and he asked Jesus to save him I looked over at Miss Phyllis she just boo-hooing just crying. Because Miss Phyllis, it never gets old, does it? It never gets old. Seeing lives changed. Seeing souls saved. And throughout the week, we had all these screaming kids and my goodness of the migraine you can develop. <laughs> but one kid walking the aisles, worth it all. All them aisles y'all fed this week. Didn't know where the food was going to come from. But souls were changed. Lives were affected. And kids picked up things and saved kids got discipled this week that will change them for the rest of their life. We'll never know the effect that last, that last week had. One day we'll know though. Child of God, what are you waiting on? You've been warming the pew for years. You've been sitting there not giving anything back to the Lord, not serving in any area of the local church. Child of God, it's time to step up. It's time to lay down those things that's holding us back. And it's time to give in fully to the Lord. What's holding you back? You can't serve God, am I? Serve the Lord today.